Welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, Season 6, Episode 1, The Devil Wears Prada. I'm your co-host, Denali. I'm your co-host, Ryan. (laughs) I'm wearing a lot of layers, because layers are fashionable, and layers are hot, and I want to die. Well, Jace, it's not about what you're wearing, it's about who you're wearing. I'm wearing the skin of my enemies. Sheep? Oh, um... How many sheep enemies do you have? It's also the hair, right? Like, there's no skin. Yeah. Um, with, with wool? There's no skin in wool? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's all hair. You can't yeah. see a few of the layers that I'm wearing underneath this, like, you know... He might have sheepskin. Yeah. Yeah. You guys wear sheepskin on the bottom? What? What are you doing? Sheepskin, sheepskin uh, underneath? Yeah. If anything, sheepskin is like a top layer situation. I mean, it's it feels good on the skin. Like, I've, I've had some sheepskin... You know, I don't want to belabor this, but I've had some sheepskin seat covers rubbed before, on and you. I've, yeah, yeah, and I've it feels it feels pretty nice. It feels pretty. Nice. <laughs> I don't want to belabor this, but like what? I've had sheepskin it, rubbed it on me. It needs to be belabored. Excuse yeah, me. I, let's just bring move it on. back. I had car seats made out of sheep. <laughs> I only use I parchment made out of human skin. I like how it feels, the vellum. But let's move on from the the human skin. Um, welcome this in, is episode. Yeah, welcome in. <laughs> Hey, at some point, when we meet Anne Hathaway, so stupid. she's going to come back I and listen to this. forgot what we were doing. Anne, we're so sorry. Um, this is our first episode of Anne Hathaway. Um, starting off our Anne Hathaway season with Devil Wears Prada, we discussed a little bit in State of the Podcast about what we're going to call this season. We floated out a few ideas. Um, we, don't ha- we, we said we don't have to do the mansion. Um, do you guys have any ideas about season names just for this collection of hathaway movies uh there, there, there there's a there's a joke that might be too convoluted but we could do like a berkshire hathaway vacation yeah. package uh because because they're they're a real estate investment company uh yeah. or you know a bigger conglomerate thing um that's that's, pretty, that's funny that's, that's pretty uh <laughs> that's kind berkshire of hathaway? that's not really funny but yeah it's clever maybe i was thinking like uh, like one of my was hathaway house it sounds like a halfway house so it's it's and we are the recovering addicts what are we yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we're recovering from stupid shit yeah we're recovering from keanu from, and from i might relapse yeah, yeah from blandness. and um you know, there's a ha- and then uh or good boys gone Anne, but I, I don't really that's that's kind of too long that's um, pretty good and then to go back to the house if we have to hathaway's hallway and ant hill Come on, you got. I, I'm I'm fucking pitching grounders over here. I need I need something. I need a relief pitcher. I, I I don't know how much I want to. Uh, yeah. Focus on the house thing. Like that's so we limiting. We thought we could yeah. do it. We did it five times. It can be a pun, of any sort. It can just be a, any sort of pun. Yeah. But it could be a house. <laughs> we didn't close the door. We opened it. It. Um. I don't have anything on the spot. I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, it, she was in a movie called Havoc. Maybe we can call it Hathawick. That's oof. That's okay, a little, yeah. That's another well, Why don't we, we let it marinate for an hour? And then we, we come back to it? We'll come Otherwise, back Otherwise, we can, we can just call it... I mean, Hathaway House is the only realistic... That's not bad. It's pretty fucking But I, I, I just yeah, think yeah. that it's a little obscure. It's Yeah, I mean, it's a little dark, you know. Um, is it, is it fucked up? I don't think she wasn't in a halfway house at any point. So I feel like that's, that's fine. We're not like referring to something that's insensitive as part of her history. I think that's insensitive yeah. to people who are in halfway houses I in think general. It, it, it might be, it, it could be, or it could just be 
HH, like Hathaway House. Like, is in that's that is the house where Hathaways live. It doesn't have to be like halfway house. Or we can just call it Anne Hathaway, so people know exactly what we're doing. That's insanely stupid, Ryan. I can't even believe you said something like that. I don't care what the <laughs> people could just, think. Yeah, <laughs> we could just say this is the Anne Hathaway season. <laughs> season six. Just read the fucking description. You'll see what the movies are. <laughs> um, I wanted to to kind of get your guys because we're at the uh at the beginning of Anne Hathaway's season we're about to we're about to delve into not, uh, nine more movies um i wanted to hear like you know what's your guys's first movie experience or impression of Anne Hathaway like do you guys remember when you first kind of saw her in a movie uh the princess movie the uh, oh is it princess princess diaries right princess diaries yeah yeah i think same here you know i grew up in like a very toxic masculine households right so i think i pretty much was only exposed to her in the third batman movie wow that late in the game the 2008 i'm just trying to think 2012 yeah 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 i'm just trying to think like i never watched any rom-coms growing up i tell you about this like at one point my family was making fun of me for wanting to watch the princess bride in like 2016 after i had already been to college and put it all together, Damn. and it was on TV. And I was like, "Oh, cool, The Princess Bride." And they're like, "You want to watch The Princess Bride?" <laughs> Have you <laughs> seen the movie? It obviously has yeah. girls in it. Why would you want to watch that? And I'm thinking, like, okay, first off, if you're approaching this, yeah, from this perspective, you know there's girls in it, and you're making fun of me for wanting to watch things with girls. That's what I don't get about that. Like, do you yeah. only want to watch things with men in it? But you're making, you're implying that I somehow right. am you know homosexual or yeah right and so it doesn't even make logical sense and then if you watch the movie (laughs) all the characters are men except for one yeah it's not even a quote-unquote girl movie despite having like a you know if would you rather watch prince groom prince groom ryan you passed at least 18 channels with super macho man movies on them and you want to watch the one with princess in the title princess that's in the much, name no that's uh, seriously like pretty much uh, how it happens yeah, and you have I mean, been that's... like knights have been trying to get with princesses for a millennia yeah, that's, that's so it's literally the whole or- <laughs> ordeal yeah yeah i think um i think my first experience was ella enchanted which came out i think in 2002 um that was kind of also an earlier career like because Anne Hathaway kind of cut her teeth doing princess princess type movies, like kind of family comedies. Um, I think Jace, like Princess Diaries, was like her first breakout role. I think she was like nineteen uh, when she filmed that, and then um, moved on to Ella Enchanted, which was like that. It was like the, I saw that in theaters, where I think she was a princess who had to do anything she was told by a curse. Ooh, yikes! Um, yeah, but I remember I think it was funny. At the Not time. reviewing that one. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> I mean, it's a Disney okay, movie. I, so I had watched Alice in Wonderland, right? Because oh, she's in yeah, that. That's yeah, that's a Hathaway movie. I'm looking up her IMDb page. So that was in 2010. Hey, hear me yeah. out. There could be a deli dude that had to do whatever he was told, and he's like, oh, he works behind the counter. Really? Yeah. So he's like a reverse. Um, who is it? The Purple Man from Jessica Jones. Like who? Who? What, anything he what says, is. the person has to do. And but like he's he's the opposite of that. Oh, so like if someone. Push. Like push was that a plot line in push? I was kind of guy... thinking like yeah, with that that obscure Chris Evans Dakota Fanning yeah. movie. I know the movie. <laughs> I like push. That's a good movie. It, it is a good movie. That's a funny thing. It's dude. We should review like these weird like forgotten about kind of uh, 
mid-budget action movies? What's the seventh season? What's the movie yeah. with the uh, <laughs> the three kids, four kids that get superpowers from the meteor? And then one oh, of them Chronicle. Goes crazy. Uh, Chronicle, yeah, yeah. Okay, that that doesn't that is, I don't think has my control, but like oh yeah, I, mean, I was if, just if we had, you know shitty. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Um, Michael B. Jordan. That was like one of his first roles. Early, early roles. Not I, first roles. I was thinking that he like, um, you know, like there's a separate personality too. So like he gets told to kill somebody and then like, you know, his eyes roll back and then he becomes a yeah. crazy fighter. So oh, like, he, no. How about this? He can do whatever anybody says he can do. Right. Like, so, like stop like that says, meteor. Yeah. Make this, you know, I want a tuna sandwich on rye. I don't know why that's the first sandwich I came from. <laughs> it's yeah, what I it's ordered. Because you're a 90 year old man. Uh, that he like can't do it. And then it's like, yeah. oh, can you get that off the top shelf? And there's no ladders nearby. And his arm just like grows three sizes and he can grab it. This is another category. In, in sizes. Yeah. He's category five mutant. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty, that's that's extremely powerful. Like, can do. Can do, man. Can his do. name is Can Do. Oh. And his hair looks like a can. Huh. Okay, yeah, we can workshop that. That sounds that sounds pretty good. John, please don't tell him to fuck himself again. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. Ella Enchanted. New York. For a deep cut. Yeah. Ella Enchanted's a great movie. Um, she actually beat out uh, Liv Tyler for Princess Diaries, her breakout role. And, like, thinking about Liv Tyler in that role, I feel like she would have been fine, but I feel like Hathaway... My impression of her is some is someone who has that kind of like nervous yet like really giddy energy that I think makes some of these roles work. Um, where she she's coming in as like someone who's not of that world and is breaking into something that's like really crazy or toxic or something like that. And I feel like she's so good for those types of roles, like like in this movie. Yeah, I think she plays. She can play different classes, like economic and social classes, right? Like. She could be an mm-hmm. everyday person, you know, she can be in the 99%. She can also be the 1%. Yeah. And also with a name like Anne Hathaway, it literally sounds like British royalty. But she is such like coming off of the Keanu season. And I'm, I'm not talking shit about Keanu. Don't you dare think I'm going to do that. But uh, she has she is such a natural acting ability where I feel like she every yes, line. It's she very delivered, different than the Keanu season. Yeah. <laughs> like there was no clunkers throughout the whole movie. It was just very naturally given. I believed it was totally conversational. Sometimes, You're very right. Like Keanu, yeah. It's like all these guys we've been watching and the dogs in the horror movies have been like full of terrible, terrible acting. I mean, some Matthew McConaughey movies, sure, and like Ben Affleck, sure, like Gone Girl right. and stuff, but like man they they really are being pulled along by hollywood's you know boner for 40 year old men and then <laughs> this uh yeah and then women like for the only chance for them to succeed is if they're extraordinarily talented yeah <laughs> and, like the first movie we have with Anne hathaway is a banger like anne hathaway meryl streep and emily blunt like three of probably the most highest paid most successful actresses i think in the game um all giving like really great performances um and then like you know we can you know we can get into the movie too but just seeing them act at that level coming off of the keanu season where sometimes he'll deliver a line where he's like oh i, I, can't, I can't even like where he's like oh oh no my wife we can't do that like it's 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 just such a huge contrast it was, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air watching this movie meryl streep can deliver a fucking monologue dude god she's so fucking good which uh, yeah, I don't. Keanu's monologues are five words. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, the surfboard yeah. didn't fit in my car. <laughs> oh, everybody's like, key. yes, we got it in one take. Look, we we praised him enough in in the Keanu season. Like, there's there's no yeah. You know, there's a time it. and place for praising Keanu Reeves, and yeah. it's literally the twenty recorded hours that we have praising <laughs> Keanu. Reeves. Not right now. Um, do you guys have an idea of like the meter? Like, I had one pitch for the meter, and I thought you know maybe half the wometer sounded it's like kind of funny. Yeah, Jesus I don't like the wometer. Because it's like woman. <laughs> Oh no! I didn't. Okay, fuck. I just thought wa- half-a-wometer sounds wacky, but okay, yeah, shit. Hathaway meter, half and meter. I don't. And meter is like just okay. I think. Anometer. Anometer. I think that is an anus thermometer. I think that literally is. Let me look that up. <laughs> Can we look that? Up? <laughs> I don't know. Think about. Okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm, I'm remembering something wrong. Um, that does sound like a. Oh, it's an anometer. It's yeah. an instrument for measuring the speed of the wind. Or of an, any current of gas. Anemometer. So it kind of, there's a butt joke to be there. Um, Hathawayminer? Hathawayminer? The H meter? Hathmeter. I don't think necessarily the name is as important as... Uh, the Hathometer. Yeah, that's fine. The Hathometer. Hathometer. Can we think of anything that doesn't have to be yeah. O-meter? We, we had this come We tried. So no, I know. Every it's season just... we come back to it. The half oh, scale. The half, so uh, Hathaway hot. scale. Ands and ends. Um, okay, look it up. Measuring. Odds and ands. Odds, odds and ends. Is there anything there with calipers? <laughs> I'm going to look up measuring tools. I did. I already did that. I and all of them the, say fucking meter. Yeah, because yeah, the, um, <laughs> the ruler. tape. Cath- huh. The Ann ruler. Hath- Hath- Protract. Hath- the Ann hath a ladder. Hath- yeah. We also, we do not have to um, broadcast all this. No, yeah, of course. <laughs> this is great content. <laughs> for six hours. <laughs> okay, I'm on uh, HopeDepot.com now. <laughs> but what, so what are we doing, right? We the are. score. Hathaway score. We're, we're trying to find out a meter. I know, but like, but like why? Meter. Right. We, okay. We're distilling someone's body of yes. work into measurable yes. qualities. Mm-hmm. Exactly. An essence. And part of. Ansense. Ansense. I don't know if that's great. Time I don't know. To, it time to burn dirty. some incense. Because <laughs> we're ultimately, we're trying to figure out if Anne, first of all, has a flavor as an artist, which I think she does. Um, and also we're trying to figure out if that flavor eventually gets bland if you watch 10 in a row. How about this? A hundred foot green combination laser level self-leveling with Visimass technology, fine adjustment <laughs> mouse, and a hard carrying KSO meter. <laughs> Out <Anyway>. the way. <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, we'll figure out the meter. Will we? I think um, the half, the halfometer is is okay, or and meter. Because is there any other fa- really famous ands that we might do? Well, we can just do a placeholder now, and if we think of a better idea, we can pitch it in a later episode and switch it. Well, so what do you guys? What kind of roles do you guys think Anne takes? Because like we we kind of talked about Keanu's typical roles as like an action star, or McC- McC- you know McConaughey was kind of like the smooth talker Southern guy. You know, does she think- have a type? Yeah. I think in every one of my experiences with watching her, uh, she is told that she's ugly. Yeah. Like somebody is just like, you fat piece of <laughs> Which is crazy. Like, that is insane. It, yeah. Well, it's just like for, you know, women's, you know, image, like body image stuff. Like, it's just absolutely bananas. But like, yeah, that's something I just 
associate with Anne Hathaway. It's, it's, there's uh, someone, unfortunately, I think it's usually other women, right? Are just like, they talk down to her like she's a disgusting half pig, half human. And then she, by the end, obviously, there's some sort of a makeover situation. Yeah, I mean, that was the initial plot of Princess Diaries, where there's a famous makeover scene. And then in this one, like literally, like they're just, they're, they're like insulting her. Like everyone, all the staff are just calling her the most terrible looking person. Um, and she's like, she doesn't even dress that bad, I feel. Like they're just like, you're dressed in literal rags and shit. And she's just wearing like a nice <laughs> Why like, are we hiring? trench coat. Or like, I don't know. It's, like, it's Who like, got Jesus this whole, who scraped this piece of gum off the sidewalk? <laughs> Who let her in here? Wearing that, you. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, she. I think she takes a lot of those roles initially, and then now she's kind of graduated into that. I think that I don't know. It's, it's called like the legacy stage, but she's like an institution now. She's like such an A-lister where it's like, oh, she's in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's probably gonna be good at this point, right? Um, because I feel like this movie was the inflection point of where she bridged into like more mature, critically acclaimed roles. This was coming right out of Brokeback, Brokeback Mountain, which I think was like her first adult mm. movie. Uh, by the way, I think you stumbled upon mm-hmm. the name, the institution. The institution. We got That's... institutionalized. Right. We went crazy hmm. for Anne Hathaway. No, no, no. We're not okay. the, the location no. is the institution. Ah, it's the institution. And we, <laughs> Keanu, was <laughs> fucking crazy. They're. Uh, programming us back to normal society. We're in yeah. an institution. Uh, this uh, this role was uh, was a cool role for her. This <laughs> she was coming out of like a string of it sounded like kind of like variably successful family movies, and then she said this. She was like the ninth choice for the role of Andy in this movie. Hmm. Like I think. Well, I think that's just like chaos theory, right? Like if she wasn't in this movie someone else would be in this movie and we'd be talking about a different person or like, so I mean, there's probably other people who their careers would have been changed and you know, maybe she just would have done a different, slightly different movie and we'd still be doing an Anna Hathaway season and we would be watching that movie instead. Yeah. She might've, she might've jumped to, uh, was it it Les Mis like right after this? Yeah. Loving other, other drugs, Rachel getting married. Um, yeah, she didn't like need this, I feel, but this was originally for Rachel McAdams. They said, Hmm. um, who turned it down because she didn't want it to play like another mainstream role. And there's no um, time traveling. She, no, t- exactly. And that's, that's kind of her MO. Um, and then like, I heard Anne Hathaway, she like wanted this so bad. She like traced hire me into like the Zen garden of like the executive producers thing while they were like talking. It's a little weird, but it worked and they are really you, liked her energy. No, that's, that's like, that was in the IMDb of like how bad she wanted the role. She traced the words hire yeah. me into somebody's Zen garden. Yeah, you know, like the little... That sounds... Sand... Actually, that sounds really not right. zen, by the way. <laughs> Tracing something. Yeah, I mean... Hire me or and... I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> she threatened it. But yeah, ninth ninth place for, for this. And eventually, she got the role. Because I think everyone turned it down, and then I think one of the producers really liked her. Um, and they were like, you know, Princess Diaries was fucking huge. That was like a huge success. I think it made like 200 mil <laughs> in the box office. So yeah, we got a... We're in for I mean, a treat, because wanted... I love this movie. Yeah, first time for all of you? Yeah. I got first time too. First yeah. time. Yeah, first time. The nice. the thing I was when we did when we decided on Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. My expectation was this is going to be a McConaughey-esque and really? like I'm going to hate most of these movies and they're all going to be <laughs> super problematic. Right. Uh just because that's how I think view of rom-coms. Sure. Um 
but this kind of caught me off guard, I guess, right? Did, did you guys feel the same way? Like, my expectations that this was going to be, like, maybe a little more girly, but still a rom-com. I mean, I catch the tail end of enough of them that oh. uh, I kind of know what stereotypical things they cover. But yeah. this was crazy. This was like it's not a rom com. Rom com. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was it was rom really at all. Um, kind of just like a drama. Oh, I was about to say there's no com. If anything, there's rom but no com. I thought there was more com and no rom. What? Like where's where's the rom? There's like, there's no, like two roms. This there's is the a, original rom, and then there's the new rom. Neither of them. She are, already has like yeah. the focus the of the movie is not the relationship that she has with either of these characters. Exactly. Yeah. That's so it's my not a rom. only critique about this movie, though. Is that your critique because you thought this was a rom-com? Because nobody online <laughs> calls this movie like a rom-com. No, <laughs> my critique is that it's too rom. Okay, before we get into it, oh. Ryan, do you want to go over the synopsis since you're weak? Oh, it's my week? Yeah, you, you picked the movie. We have a new patented system where whoever you does the synopsis... You have to explain yeah. everything to me every week. Well, let's also explain maybe the concept of the show as well, which we forgot to oh. do. Um. We are Good Boys Gone Bland. We watch 10 movies of a single actor or subject. We picked Anne Hathaway for this season. We're watching 10 movies. We watched Devil Wears Prada to start us off. The Wheel of Chaos kind of picked this for us. But yeah, it was a true. great pitch. Thanks, Wheel Thank of you. Chaos. Yeah, this week we watched The Devil Wears Prada uh, from 2006. You may have heard of it. So Anne Hathaway plays Andy Sachs, right? And she is a new assistant at a fashion magazine. And Meryl Streep plays her boss, Miranda Priestly. And there's a little bit of controversy about, you know, who Meryl Streep is based on because it's an open secret. <laughs> and, um... <coughs> Vogue. I don't know. It's Anna Wintour from Vogue. The, um... The I, I don't want to go into it too much, but the idea is it's almost a fish out of water situation where Anne Hathaway isn't meant for this job. She's not mm. the normal type of person they hire. So she doesn't know anything about fashion. So it's kind of a, ah, what the heck? The last people I've hired, I've always had the same people and they all suck. So I'm going to hire this different person. And then Anne Hathaway and like learns that she needs to appreciate the fashion industry and that she can she can succeed at whatever she wants to succeed at as long as she like, tries and so she battles her boyfriend who's a jerk and thinks that this job sucks and you need to just be a boyfriend all the time and her other friends who do the same thing and then uh yeah she she uh has a little bit of a learning situation there and uh a little bit for all of us i think yeah yeah and that's devil wears prada folks this movie was a runaway fucking hit, uh -huh. like $41 million budget. You, Jace, you mentioned it, $326 million box office, which is fucking huge. Um, they said, like, I looked at the, because I like to look at opening weekends for the movies we watch. 2006, June 30th, uh, this opened at number two, just below Superman Returns, which was an absolute shit. What? <laughs> wow. That's where I yeah. was at that time? Because I remember watching that. I saw, saw that thing twice in theaters, I think. You saw Superman Returns twice. In <laughs> this, is, this is the this is the period where I will watch it, literally anything in theaters because mm. there was one like uh, one movie theater in the town yeah. in California, and so like I've seen Superman twice. I saw this is the where the failure to launch joke comes from. You saw Superman yeah. twice and just didn't see Devil Wears Prada. I didn't see Devil Wears Prada. Did they no. even show that's it the, at your theater? Well, I think they 
might have, but the problem was is like we would have been made fun of. So like, right? Yeah, took the we're stance. little boys. We were like so. 12, what, Eleven. I also 12, watched. Yeah. Um, so I watched Failure to Launch twice, and I watched Fever Pitch twice I with like Jimmy movie. Fallon. Yeah. Yeah, Drew, Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon. That Jimmy was a Fallon. fun movie. And it was Jamie like, Fallon's, like, <laughs> only serious movie. Um, also, that weekend, number three was Click, which I did see in theaters oh! instead of Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> so the the two movies that don't deserve to yeah. have made any money yeah. sandwiched <laughs> the best movie, movie that weekend. Yeah, and I should say Devil Wears Prada eventually overtook Superman mm. over the weeks because I think word of mouth kind of got out. You guys out. didn't like Click? It was, it was okay. It, not his worst. Not, not the worst Sandler movie. I'll say that. Yeah, it was very like uh, that. That now that movie is very stuck in time. Ah, right? like, yeah. Oh, it was a good joke. Cause I mean, mid two thousands. You know, you're not happy with your life. What do you do? You go to Bed Bath and Beyond and buy a TV remote. <laughs> like it's so era of cable, like pre streaming. Yeah, we can save it for the for the Sandler season. Uh, this movie right out of the gate, extremely two thousands, which. I think kind of just like it was a weird like comforting feeling because right out of the gate you get an establishing shot in New York mm-hmm. and then you're just like suddenly I see like <laughs> playing in the background and it's just a montage of someone getting ready and I was like fuck like this is just back straight back into like our comfort zone of movies of that era because I feel like you know intros like that are just not around anymore in the last 12 15 years it was very um how to lose a guy in 10 days you know yeah like, the yeah intros around were pretty mm-hmm. similar I think yeah, I was, I, oh my gosh, I totally forgot we watched that movie too. <laughs> I think it was around like the, literally the same year too. Um, you know, the and, thing that I, yeah. I liked about this movie, I think if you just updated the technology in it, it would still work. Oh, totally. Besides the music yeah. and the, I, like the dating yeah, of I mean, it. I thought it was a very, this movie has stood the test of 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So Jace, are you saying like give them iPhones instead of those stupid little flip yeah. phones and, and then, you would be convinced that it was filmed this year yeah besides the print journalism part i think they would have (laughs) moved well i think one thing too though is like fashion is inherently number one it's trend setting Mm -hmm. yeah and it's relatively stable ish right because like it's not like a fad fashion isn't just fads right fashion is supposed to be you know this is what people want and they even talk about it in this movie because Anne Hathaway shows up wearing a sweater that's like cerulean blue. Right. And this triggers the first uh, Meryl Streep monologue. And she goes into like how Anne Hathaway thinks it's just a stupid sweater with a stupid color. And she picked it because no other colors are like that. Well, three years ago, yeah. I designed a <laughs> yeah. sweater that was that color. And then somebody got an idea from me. And they made a line of sweaters. And then somebody knocked those off. And then you picked one up at a secondhand thrift shop or something. And just owns her. But, like, uh, the thing there is, like, the fashion decisions that they were making in that room might have, you know, only become popular to people like you and me five, ten years later. It's kind of like a trickle-down effect of of fashion. Everybody knows fashion is the Reaganomics of clothes. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. I think the, like, confusing part to me was that a lot of the outfits that they were wearing... Didn't seem really, um, they seemed like high fashion. And I don't really have a sense for fashion as a whole and its its movements and where it's at. Mm-hmm. But like, do know that there is, there is like high fashion and then what is in fashion for normal people to be wearing. And the gaudy eight foot long necklaces with pearl and Dolce & Gabbana symbols yeah. and the weird 
the different fur coat every day and some of the pants i was like are do people dress like this in new york yeah <laughs> i mean some people do like i feel like in this movie they were wearing a lot of ready to wear type of fashion you know but yeah there is some jace like you know some high fashion stuff where you look at it on the runway and it's just a proof of concept of like oh you're crocheting this way or oh you can stitch this way and it might give you an idea for something that might actually be wearable but like i, I didn't see too much of like the you know like the gorilla hand or like the crazy ass looking you know things we would see on the runway well and think but about yeah, I mean, um influencer culture now right yeah. like now you probably see this in la a lot like yeah. these influencers are wearing a different outfit every day because they're buying them or, or being maybe sometimes they're borrowing they're being, uh yeah they're being paid to wear them and post videos and stuff so like that might be more what jace is talking about like what's fashionable to us because i think like it or not we're closer to influencers than we are to like high high fashion right yeah i think that that would be if this was made today that would be like a new aspect of it is contacting influencers because that is such a huge part of the fashion game it seems now um where influencers will borrow things um and just like fucking wear it for a day and take pictures and then be like oh you know you got exposure for me wearing this shit and uh you know and that that's kind of how fashion seems to go now where it's almost like there's a middle there's like a middle portion it doesn't come from all the way to the top all the way to the bottom now there's like this like secondary aspect to it um, but I don't honestly, I don't understand it <laughs> that well. Uh, but to get back to kind of the themes of this movie, like I feel like this, like any person in their early 20s would get fucking PTSD watching this. Mm -hmm. um, just because, I mean, the three of us, I think we had the same reaction and the same with Amber watching this and being like, you, I kind of felt my throat closing up a little bit where, where the scene where she's talking to her boss and just seeing the toxicity radiating mm -hmm. out of the office. And I think. It sucks, but like I think everyone in coming out of college has had an experience really like this. And right, I want I wonder if that's what kind of you were getting at when you said like you kind of wanted to vent about this movie um, was about kind of toxic work culture and being in an environment where you're so afraid of uh, you know of, of retaliation or of making someone mad, or that you're just like paralyzed, you know. Uh, actually. Actually, no, that's not what I oh. was going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, we can go into that a little bit. I actually, I've never been in that situation, right? Like, uh, I've never been in a workplace where I have to walk on eggshells, at least, right? Mm-hmm. I, no, I mean, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I think in some extent, usually people don't have, like, the, the boss that's, like, screaming at them, mm -hmm. but I think it is at least somewhat relatable. You know, I think a lot of people are in scenarios where you know, you'll have, you'll, it can be either be a coworker or a boss, um, where everyone is so tense, just kind of looking at them, waiting for their approval or things like that. And I think this movie captured mm -hmm. that feeling so well with how everyone was kind of frantically running around Meryl Streep's character. And she was just kind of like very, she was very like calm, right? She wasn't big. She was very like quiet with how she played the role, but watching something like that, where I was just like, Oh Jesus. Like, yeah, I think the biggest aspect for me is like, is the work-life balance. I don't have anything, yeah. anyone. I mean, I have some coworkers that I just do not like. So there's some tension mm -hmm. when I have to interact with them. It's like, I don't want to yeah. be an asshole to you. Uh, well, I mean, I do, but I'm going to remain <laughs> civil and uh, yeah. try to get the job done or, or work with you in the way that we need to. Um, but yeah, specifically the phone thing and her boss being able to call her at any minute at any time. My boss teams yeah. messages me at like 9 or 10 p.m. And I don't think he has any like I don't think he expects me to respond. 
but I don't, I can't turn off. Like I read the message and I'm like, I need to respond to this because I need to close it out because I don't want to be thinking uh, about yeah. it for the next four hours. But in this case, Dude, right. you're working for Meryl Streep, who is literally the top of point zero 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 one percent. She's the top of the pyramid in the mm-hmm. fashion world. It seems like that should be the only time you should ever be able to have a boss that's like that. It's if they're literally the best person in the world at what they do. Well, right. Doesn't and make so, it better, okay, though. So, j- yeah. um, you guys, th- we're going to lead into what I want to talk about, like, really smoothly, mm-hmm. I think. Um, we're not quite there. But Julie has a Julie's in that situation, right, because she's a teacher. And now with technology, especially during the pandemic, technology has mm-hmm. infiltrated the classrooms, like, 100%. So now she has all these apps that the teachers can use to contact her. Yeah. And they do it all the time. They do it 5 o'clock on a Friday. They do it 10 o'clock yeah. on a Tuesday. They do it on Sundays and stuff like that. So, like, uh, Jace, what you talked about with seeing a Teams message and being like, ah, duh, I got I to gotta respond. Like, that's what happens to her. And usually uh, I give her a look and she's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll ignore it. It's, you know, 7 on Friday and we're, like, having a drink at home or something. And then about a half hour later, I can notice her, like, fidgeting. Right. And she's not really paying attention to what I'm saying. And so I'm just like, okay, respond. And so then she takes an hour to fix this problem. And there's 20 parents in her room. Right. Yeah. Mm. So like this could ha- this could happen multiple times a day. And it's not like it's one boss, but like collectively they're like this additional boss. Yeah. Like I totally get that work life balance. I mean, I think the three of us are you know we're are professionals and we maybe sometimes get get too into the game like you know i definitely relate to like del- delving into work and not being able to switch off after like a shitty day of work and you're still thinking about it and you're not getting paid to fucking think about mm-hmm. it and you're just like oh man and you know what what of stanley tucci's things that he said was like you know the better you do at work the worse your social life is and he's like tell me when your whole life goes up into smoke that's when you're due for a promotion and i was like oh fuck like that is so that's such a good line um it's such um but yeah like we just had a when we were up in bellingham um Mm -hmm. one of the guys there just retired after a long time being a police officer and then being in border patrol Mm -hmm. um but he was like man everything has shifted and it's changed and it's honestly one of the reasons that i had to retire and i'm gonna hate saying this coming he said when i was younger anytime you would given the opportunity to work overtime, you'd work it mm-hmm. because it was money that you would be putting in your pocket. And nowadays, everybody only wants to work nine to five. It's like, yeah, no shit. Everybody <laughs> only wants to work nine to five. The earth is going to fuck all. We have uh, yeah. we have bosses in our phones, as we just previously talked about, that are able to try and get our attention anytime they want. And it, like the line between having a personal life and your job, which sucks and yeah. probably isn't paying you enough is so blurred it's like <laughs> no i'm not gonna work the overtime unless i have to yeah and on top of that i don't even want to work the nine to five <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I, that's way too you're much. not wrong you're just an asshole <laughs> now it's also even like eight to five like most job postings now i look up yeah because like they're not to gonna five, pay you for your hours five. plus lunch yeah they're not gonna pay yeah. you for your breaks I'm like, fuck that. Like, why Why should anyone have to be chained to a piece of shit job for 40 hours a week and still be struggling to get by? But even if you're making a good salary, like, it's just it's so much of your fucking time. Like, and I feel like there's been a paradigm shift 
I mean, you know, we've had those conversations with, you know, older generations where they're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do when I don't have work or like, I'll get bored if really? I don't Because work. I know exactly what I'm going to do when I don't have <laughs> yeah. work. It's what I do when I don't have work. Everything that I yeah. want to do. That's the reason I don't want to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's called having hobbies. It's, it's called it's called living your life starting yeah. at age zero, not age 65. Yeah, totally. And that's why i think this movie rings so well it, it ages so well like you guys said um like i wish i saw this movie as a child because maybe it would have helped me kind of rearrange some of those okay, mistakes so i made exactly yeah. that's what i want to talk about it's like so yeah. i went into this cold i knew kind of what it was about but i did mm-hmm. not know what the plot was going to be and i did not expect uh of all people in a movie to identify with that I would identify with Anne Hathaway in like right. a romantic comedy drama movie about fashion. Like I see myself in her so much and that is, I mean, I like her as a character. I look up to her. I admire her character in this movie. And I think what this movie did so well is say as much as we talked about how much right now, like how much we don't want to work a lot, there is some value to be pulled out of a situation where you push yourself to your limits. Where I, like, I'm the first person in my family to go to college, right? And, like, Mm -hmm. I... You're a lawyer, too. You literally, I can't... (laughs) Dude, sitting in a room having one guy be like, I'm going to point at you and you better know the fucking answer to this question, which is literally what Anne Hathaway... some rungs for your kids. (laughs) And so, like... The idea is this is going to be extremely difficult. This is going to be the hardest thing I've ever done. I don't know exactly what I'll get out of it. Not just money, but for like, she even says for one year, for one year, I'm going to basically disappear. My social life isn't going to be great. My relationships are not going to be great. But you know what? I'm going to push myself as hard as I can because I'm going to do this. And you know what? Some kind of because she said I couldn't do it, you know, and that speaks to me so much. When I was living in Portland, I worked at Target and I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to go to law school. And I started studying for the test and everything like that and started dreading my every day. I, my hobbies went to the shitter. My, I didn't have that much of a social life except for drinking after work with my roommates. Like, yeah. And I just decided this wasn't right. And... I traded that for going to a top law school. And that transition, I had to tell Julie. I just, you know, like before we started, even like when I was applying and deciding where I wanted to go, I had to tell her like, look, my social life and everything, it's going to suck. Like we are not going to spend as much time together as as you want. There's going to be times when, you know, we're apart for an entire day. And... If I would have had someone like the boyfriend in this movie, I wouldn't have been able to do it, right? Where someone who's guilt tripping me for doing this thing for myself, like I pushed myself as hard as I possibly could. And I found out where my limits were. I found out there were people better than me. (laughs) Yeah. Like I had never been in a situation where I wasn't the smartest person in the room, except for like professors and stuff, like all throughout college, right? And like, I mean, what are you saying, uh, man? What no, you no, so, no, seriously. Like that, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's part of oh, like. Yeah. I went to a small school, no, I get you, and yeah. uh, not. I mean, that's a saying, right? Being the smartest person in the room, but like, yeah. 
Um, I think you're fucking better than me. I know. I, sur- I, I, I surrounded myself with like all my friends, and so like, yeah. Okay, you guys make me feel like shit now that I'm <laughs> no, no, no. We're, 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 we're <laughs> uh, but but when the boyfriend says, uh, "It's all you only do this job because it's about shoes and shirts and stuff." Like, no, that's not what it's about. Like, she's the scene. By the way, in that movie, she's giving that stuff away to her friends. But like. It's about seeing what you as a person can do, right? And pushing yourself to your limit. And I did that when I got out of my comfort zone, moved across the country, and went to the hardest school I could. And I remember being told by somebody that if I went to the undergrad that I went to, I would never get into a good graduate school. And that was literally, I thought about that every single day for the next four years until I got into one of the best schools like in the yeah. country. And like, then I got there and thought I was hot shit. And I found out there were people that were way fucking smarter than me there. And I finally felt like so relieved, you know, like this idea that I'm going to have to like try really, 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 really hard just to skate by. And I loved it. And that was like, yeah, my social life suffered, you know, like my relationship suffered, but I would never trade it. Like I learned so much about myself <laughs> and now I know that I don't want to do that again, right? Yeah. That's like, that's also the most important part as I, now I have friends who are my law school friends who are working in big law in New York city. And just like this movie, they're doing it again. They're at dinner, they get a phone call from the boss. They have to leave dinner and go back to the office and finish oh, writing geez. something. The, we were at a breakfast in Chicago for a wedding, and some person we were one some person one of my friends <laughs> listens to the podcast. They know who they are. Uh, we were waiting for her to to eat breakfast, and then she had to go back to the hotel room because she got an email from a partner. Wow. And like, not once did anybody, any of the twelve people that we were with for breakfast, think anything bad about that person. It was all we were all like. Hell yeah. You go, girl. You get it. You know, go <laughs> go do yeah. whatever you have to do to succeed and push yourself as, you know, as hard as you want to push yourself. Like, I will never, ever make fun of somebody for pushing themselves and working hard. Now, I also will never do the opposite. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I work a great job. I work 35 hours a week. Yeah. You know, I, I have a kick-ass job. I have a great boss. I love my workplace. I love my workplace culture. And it's not that culture. Um, and that's, I think, this movie, uh, I really should have watched this movie about 10 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, I've, I didn't know about that aspect too, Ryan. That's, that's like, you know, that's interesting to hear about your experiences, you know, in law school. Um, and I think that does tie in the movie because like you said, like she does test her upper limit and decides that's not for her. And she takes yeah. something that's more totally like in line with her passion. Yeah, I was so scared at the end of this movie of there's this famous speech like you know everyone wants to be us situation and like mm-hmm. her getting out and leaving and that's like the whole story of the movie. And I was worried that this movie would lose me by Anne Hathaway becoming the next yeah <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> Meryl Streep character. But that turn like really I really really like that. I think. Yeah, I did too. It was yeah. she got lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. She, totally, yeah. <laughs> like the, the redeeming factor of that, and I liked um, one of the things you always you say, Ryan, 
is there's a line that gets crossed sometimes and we don't know if the director or the people making the movie know if the character is a bad person or not. And that can leave you on this side of the screen being like, I don't really. And we get that like three quarters of the way into this movie. Anne Hathaway is a bad person. And she like it it, from my perspective and like whether or not she was she was grinding, you know, and she had the disagreement with her boyfriend. Um, You know, she leaves. She goes to Paris. She has sex with the guy. And then like in that moment, it was like she gets out on the other side and she realized this is not what I want to be doing. And it was like, oh, she's the bad person right now. And then she's like, I need to get out of this because it's a toxic environment and it is not what I came here to set out to do. It made me better, but she was like, I'm doing exactly what I didn't want to do. I'm becoming way too involved in the fashion industry. I wanted to be a journalist. And that was a, yeah. uh, that was, that was a great character development. Yeah, totally. And this, Ryan kind of mentioned it too, like this was based on, you know, a book and, and like the, author, the big story of the book was that the author was a personal assistant of the American Vogue editor, uh, Anna Wintour. Um, and like the people are, are thinking like the book is a literal account of what she went through in that, um, you know, in, during that experience mm-hmm. and people, when they were making this movie, they wanted to get like fashion people in on it to make it authentic. And everyone was like, I'm not fucking working on this because like Anna Wintour is going to like, yeah, they wouldn't even me. like the fashion houses wouldn't even donate clothes to the set. Yeah. Wow. Like that was, it was that accurate. And then there was even like, uh, I guess Wintour, like she saw the movie and said, she's like, oh, I liked Meryl Streep's like, you know, depiction. And she, she ended up saying that she liked the movie. Uh, but it's like pretty much confirmed that it's literally about her. And they even designed the office. Uh, her office in the movie based on Anna Wintour's actual office. And she actually changed it after the fact because she was so ashamed about that, oh <laughs> the fiction, uh, which I thought was just like a, a wild thing. So in a way, this is literally the author's arc because she quit that job and basically yeah. became a writer and, you know, now publishes her own books. She's had two sequels to this, you know, to this story. that was really successful. And in a way that what, what kind of made me sad at the end, I mean, obviously Anne Hathaway has her arc, but uh, Stanley Tucci and Emily Blunt's characters, oh, who were so fun to watch, got um, boned. But they're stuck. They're stuck in the in in. They're stuck in the sauce. You know, Emily Blunt's character, who I think was fucking hilarious. <laughs> she gave a great, colorful performance. Um, but she's stuck in that same position where she's totally underappreciated, way too stressed out, and is hazing another <laughs> Anne Hathaway character. And then Stanley Tucci, where he just tragically gets fucking backstabbed. And he's like, I'll get my moment. And that's it. That's the last thing you see of him. Yeah, it's pretty pitiful, right? And that's yeah. why, like, I don't I don't hate these people who work like this, you know, that maybe spend yeah. their entire lives doing this. Like, in some ways, you know, it's really, it's a really, really... Uh, it's a great thing you know they're like that's the speech about the beginning where she says five years ago i designed that shirt or one like it and now somebody's ripping me off if i wasn't in this room (laughs) working so hard you wouldn't be wearing that shirt but on the other hand like it's it's okay to be that person and it's okay not to be i think that's what's great about this movie is it's not really judging anybody but meryl streep's character because she's just a mean person Mm -hmm yeah <laughs> she's a, yeah she's fucking mean like i don't like i'm i don't i don't think emily blunt was a bad person she was rude but no she's not a bad person <laughs> she was kind of a dick to yeah I mean, that's, that's like yeah. what her job was to be a dick right. almost, shit rolls right? downhill <laughs> yeah <laughs> big poop out of marrow yeah. streep hits emily blunt bounces it's off of her small poop <laughs> and then yeah <laughs> 
yeah i mean i totally get that like it's it's your call whether you want to you know focus that much on your career but you know you united states work culture has been so focused on just kind of like that get up and grind create uh you know create money and create commerce it's just kind of like feed the capitalist machine you are just a cog that's all you're good for um, and seeing this, you know, it's, it's all over Reddit and the news where it's just like kind of this anti-work, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of revolution happening. And I think this movie is becoming more relevant because of that. It's somewhat reframing. Um, cause you look at this movie and, and you kind of see like, what did, what did she get out of that? I mean, sure. She got a sweet resume point and got a reference, <laughs> but I mean, really her life was in shambles after that. Her friends probably don't trust her the same way her relationship with her boyfriend's probably not going to be the same. We don't really know. Well, um, I think drop that sack of dirt. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. I don't think he was a bad person. It's like, she wasn't very clear with the expectations of what the work was going to be. And she said, like, whether, whether or not you have to grind and it becomes something that you have to do, being like, I'm going to be at your birthday. I know things have been tough. This is something that we have to do. And then she literally absolutely doesn't show up and she set the precedent that he didn't matter anymore. There's a difference between mm-hmm. being like, this is going to be really tough for me for a year and then just like. Right. But then yeah. think about it from a different perspective. Like, let's say I was throwing a birthday party and Julie was like, uh, if I don't work tonight, I will lose my job. I'd be like, screw my birthday party. <laughs> like, well, you got to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's like some situation of it where like, just because the problem is silly, that doesn't mean it's not a problem for that character. Like, uh, no matter what, they could be flipping burgers in a at a Wendy's on you know Highway Forty Four, and I would still be like, "Hey, man, don't lose your job over this birthday party." And there, like, are, there are also, reasonable boundaries set in that situation. If you're not scheduled yeah. to, she has a nine to five job that eventually becomes a twenty four hour job because her boss is mm-hmm. is crazy. So. I don't know that he has to accept that as reasonable from a character. And it was more about, it was more of a, more of an emotional backlash. Right. Yeah. So yeah, this is a point of contention too. Cause, uh, Adrian Grenier who played Nate in the mm-hmm. movie, he has gotten heat for his character. Like there is a lot of Nate hate out there uh, on the internet. Like she, he's considered like the villain of the movie by, by he was said he was like really surprised by that. He's like, what the fuck? Like, um, and there is, yeah, there is like a, a lot of people who think that he kind of trivializes what she was working on. Um, but I think Anne did kind of come out and say, she was like, we are people coming out of college. We're still figuring out how to be mature about our lives, how to balance work and life. Um, and yeah, like he was pouty about his birthday, but you know, he's like a young dude. Like he still doesn't understand like relationship dynamics probably. Um, I will say seeing Anne stand there with the candle and he just walks out of the room. She, I was like, she that had was to go so somewhere sad. And get, <laughs> she like, had fuck. to like go somewhere and get this cupcake, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, fuck, that's sad. But um, I do at the same time understand like, yeah, he was pouty, but of course, like, it's reasonable to be upset when you can't see your partner and yeah. when, when their, when their life is being enveloped and you literally can't do anything else. Like, of course, like that is, <laughs> that's going to affect the relationship. And like, fuck, like this movie hits so much deeper. I feel like with the three of us than we expected. I was expecting, yeah. Yeah. Like, a, throwaway, I was fun expecting watch. a stupid movie. Yeah. And this was a super smart, fun movie. Um, and like, fuck, I just love Stanley Tucci in this movie. He is, he is like such He's so funny at every it's scene. He's like the the wizened um, character too. That's yeah. just like always dispersing a little bit of knowledge. Like, like <laughs> oh, okay. He has so much charisma. 
I liked seeing him warm up to Anne Hathaway's character too, to like when they're friends, like that was fun. Um, like I was kind of worried at least uh, at first about Stanley Tucci, I think is like just a straight dude yeah. and seeing a straight dude play a gay man. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, Oh, is, is it going to be kind of a caricature? But I feel like he handled it with so much, like so much depth. I feel cause I actually really liked Nigel's character. Uh, like his asides about, you know, he's like, Oh, I have, you know, five football playing brothers. And this made me feel like I had a place in the world. Um, things like that, I think made him, I made him shine. I, guess I didn't pick up that he was gay. I didn't either. I thought he was just playing in, in a, a or maybe it was yeah maybe it was a fem- yeah. yeah sure but um yeah like i i just i liked i enjoyed his performance with anna that i think that just kind of for for ryan and i to say that exact same thing plays it up this was a 2006 movie i expected a gaff or like a yeah oh! but it right. it held up like because they didn't it, it they yeah. didn't they didn't do anything that was like I don't, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of like there wasn't really anything that it was like a clunker, and I even think I, I I might I might pick a bone with that. Mm-hmm. I think the way that the um, blonde fucker, the, the guy who um, Christian Christian who was like some photographer or journalist or something was definitely uh, predatory. Yeah, there was a, like there was a mix of workplace harassment slash power imbalance slash uh, totally. stalkering persistence mm-hmm. kind of an idea. I thought that did not like that would should not be portrayed yeah. uh, nowadays, and I don't think it would be. No, that's that's a good point. I think from my perspective, I was like, that is so obviously bad. Like he is yeah. obviously a villain because he's being oh so really? Creepy. I didn't I didn't get that like, turn at all. <laughs> I thought this was an example of one of the things where I thought it. They, they didn't think that earlier. it was endearing. I thought they, yeah. were, they didn't think it was a problem. Yeah, I thought maybe it maybe do. And may, maybe I'm just imparting my own perspective on it because to me, I was like, oh, he's a villain. He's a fucking yeah. creep. But maybe at the time they were like, look how cool he is. Like, you want to be like this I guy? I was like, you stop know? touching he the small of my back. Stop touching the small <laughs> yeah. of my back. God, he was. Yeah, he was a terrible character. Every time he was on on camera, me and Amber were just like, oh, fuck, please go away. <laughs> please fucking go away, dude. But I think everyone in the cast did exceptionally well. There was there was a couple there was only a couple scenes, but where it was like the Nate scene, um, like when he's arguing with Anne Hathaway's character in the street. Do you think that was a really awkward argument? Where it was very clearly filmed on two different days. Where it's it the camera angle goes to him and there, there's like the back of Anne Hathaway's head and I'm not I think that's just a stand-in I don't think it's actually <laughs> her and he's like we don't have anything in common anymore and it, like the camera flips and it's Anne Hathaway and the lighting's kind of different and it's just the back of his head that's clearly a stand-in and she's like what do you mean and it flips to the same angle again and it, it was so awkward that's like interesting. I couldn't I didn't notice that focus. yeah and are you free on and Tuesday I think, no I, well he can do it one side yeah. We can put a wig on him and then just have him digitally put him <laughs> talks to himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I got the same thing with the car scene too, which was a great piece of dialogue. With it's, it's where Anne Hathaway realized that she she doesn't want to be like Meryl yeah. Streep, um, where she's like, "You remind me of me." And then the background, where it was the, like the shitty green screen, green screen was... <laughs> car background. I yeah. I couldn't pay attention to their words because I was just looking okay, at it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that. Yuri and I talked about it. Yeah, I didn't that is. That a great dialogue scene but that was so distracting i was like oh fuck i can't do this okay do you guys want to get no i have a question no jace yeah yeah please and somebody on twitter who got four likes who's a random person commented the same thing yeah what's with the shot of her in a toe in a toe ring (laughs) 
What's the toe ring? The toe ring. Yeah. So why did it? Yeah, why did it? Julie also noticed the toe why ring. Why did it land there? Why did it stay on the screen for so long? <laughs> and I was like, is this important? I think it's a. When you said that, Jace, and I watched the movie, I was like, I think it's a characterization detail where it, it's it's kind of like detailing. Maybe it's like her excess. She has like a toe ring, and she's a fashionista, and even like. In a moment where she's just in bed, like you know, in the morning, she's still wearing like a toe ring. Where it's like that's how I, that was my my so read like, is like a. She would not have worn it before, and the toe ring shows See, you how yeah. lost in the sauce she is. <laughs> exactly. See, my interpretation yeah. was the exact opposite. I thought it was okay. like you could take you know, uh, you could take a boy out of the mm-hmm. farm, but you can't take the farm out of the boy. In a situation where she was still didn't have a good oh. fashion sense, and she was still wearing. Somebody's toe like, "Why rings. the fuck are you wearing a toe ring right now?" <laughs> and she's like, "Uh, they're cool, right?" <laughs> no, Yuri told me that she used to wear toe rings, and then for some reason, right about the time rings? we started dating, she stopped wearing toe. Mm-hmm. She's like, "I like toe rings." Yeah, it's like a it's a two thousands thing, and I think huh. that's I mean, that's interesting. <laughs> we, we got rings are so tough. We got we got two different huge interpretations of the toe ring scene, which which is why they put these things in the movie. The toe ring is in a way like the inception. Want, top. It was so jarring. I, yeah, to I me. want a movie that's all toe ring scenes, <laughs> directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Did you guys um, read anything about the sequels for these for the this books? movie? Or the mo- There's two book sequels. Okay. The, the one of the sequels is Revenge Wears Prada which takes place 10 years later where Emily and Andy are actually best friends now and they start their own magazine together. Um, but then there's a whole thing where like Meryl Streep's character comes back to like acquire the magazine and there's like a whole fucking Ugh. thing. Yeah. And then uh, there's a third one uh, that came out in 2018 called When Life Gives You Lululemons. And it follows just Emily. That's where she's like, funny. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Seems fun. You know, the synopsis are online. If you if y'all are curious about what not. happens to their characters, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not. Like this is a fine story. Well, I'm I might I might, I might read Revenge Wars. It sounds like fanfic. It's not fanfic. It's it's canon. She wrote it. I think it's fanfic that the author wrote. It actually might be because this might be actually fictional compared to her first Devil Wears Prada book, which is what happened. Ryan, unless you got contact. At what both, point yeah. does your writing go from fanfic to actual mm-hmm. book? Dude, it's all fanfic. That's 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 my secret cap. Uh, no, but I've got I've got stories that I've written that aren't published that are that yeah. take place in that universe, like short stories and stuff that don't make it. I've got a whole like um, got a whole kind of like I don't want to say like bestiary. Yeah, that's the thing. Bestiality. You uh, yeah. or timid fucks wolves. Yeah. No, but like where he like travels around and like writes articles about like uh, weird shit on the aisle. Oh, that's cool. That's fucking sweet. It's like world building stuff. Yeah, but that was that was originally going to be part of the book where between chapters or between uh, not chapters, but between parts, you would get like one or two of his articles and then you would go on and the, the next part would just continue like, you know. Oh, that's cool. That's fucking sweet. Yeah. This is your mid episode uh, opportunity to send fan fiction to our Gmail account. Yeah. While you're doing send fanfic if you got them, send a review now that we're mid episode uh we'll, get, we'll eventually get to the front of the episode it'll get yeah i think we had one uh do we want to get into meters yeah meters meters what do we agree on for the was it hathaway meter hathoscope hathoscope huh <laughs> yeah we said the hathaway meter for now <laughs> okay so who kicked us off jace are you first this time this season because i think J- ryan was starting us oh. off 
last but, season. What do you got for the Hathaway meter? Um, We're measuring Anne Hathaway independent from the movie. Um, like how Anne Hathaway movie, how Anne Hathaway was this movie. Like how much was she in this movie? How much did this movie revolve around her or her character? Uh, metrics we've used before in previous seasons. Yeah. yeah. Quality and quantity are high. Uh, this is going to be hard because I don't feel comfortable objectifying Anne Hathaway like I did Ben Affleck. Right. Um, so the glam up was there, you know? Yeah. The uh, feel like maybe she does that in a lot of her movies. Like, yeah, we kind of just like the makeover, yeah. right? Like that's kind of a trope in some of her movies. Um, so the makeover was there. She's a phenomenal actor. Hated the toe ring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, toe ring minus two points. Yes. To- Fine. Toe yeah. ring minus one. Guys, let's mod- let let's keep a toe ring counter because okay, uh, yeah. my hot take might be this is not the last toe ring we see in the Hathaway season. <laughs> oh god. Um, I don't. She doesn't yet have a a catchphrase that I'm aware of. You know, so that kind of takes away from it and what she does a um a borat impression a lot <laughs> yeah she goes my wife <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give her a nine yeah on the half the way enthusiastic he, he looks nine. confused his face looks confused was most, that was the most like uh i'm gonna be i didn't really get a chance to think about this because i watched the movie then yeah. i went to bed and i spent almost all of yesterday belligerently drunk but I was very happy with her performance <laughs> in this movie. And the only thing that caught me off guard was the toe ring. It's a minus one for toe ring. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. Because she did do super well in this movie. And she did um, have a toe ring. And she did have a toe ring. Wait, so- are, wait, are we 100% okay. that it was her? It panned up. It panned up to her face. So unless she had a body double to do just the toe ring scene, and then she was like in the top half. Imagine the that. Imagine be- the script calling for a toe ring, and you'd be like, no. I'm not. Double. I did a cutaway up. bed with someone yeah. stored underneath. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe she has a weird like index toe that couldn't Ooh. fit it. Oh, and they're like, wow, we don't. Yeah, my so my uh, yeah. toe next to my big toe is bigger yeah. than my big toe. It's longer. It's, it's longer. So I probably wouldn't. No, it's fatter. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> it's wider than your thumb toe. But I do have weird feet. I can do like yeah. I can like grab stuff. I can like that's good. Open my toes like I can't. You're hand. supposed to be able to do. How that. does that not surprise me at all? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, what am I oh about? yeah, Annie has. She also oh, runs I, I, out I could, into the I, street like she has like uh, mm-hmm. with like with reckless abandon multiple times in New yeah. York. And there was, I'm yeah. surprised Emily was the only person who got hit by a car. Yeah, I think people get yeah. hit by the cars all the time over there. Okay, well. I um I'm thinking about my Hathaway meter too because this is always like the tough part, right? When we start off on episode one, like what defines our meters? We get a we get a better idea of who the actor is, I think, by episode four. Um, but my image of Anne Hathaway is kind of like this. Um, she has this giddy energy, which I think comes out in this movie, where she's excited to be in New York and wants to start this new job. She has this kind of very nice, like natural, charming performance. Like she's fun to watch in the role. Like her comedic scenes are really entertaining, and she's really charismatic. 
I didn't quite believe that she was supposed to be like this frumpy character who's like, you know, who's not glamorous, but maybe that was part of the toxicity of the movie. Maybe you're supposed to be like, well, what the fuck? What's wrong with her? And that's kind of part of how extreme Meryl Streep and the rest of the industry is. Um, But yeah, she was a nice foil to the raw toxicity of The Office. And just seeing her interact with the different levels of toxicity, I think was really interesting. Uh, I think she had very good physical acting too. You know, after you know, the the makeover, which seems to happen all the time with her, her, her movies. Um, she had this like kind of like this runway model walk afterwards. She had this like poised confidence, which I think totally made the new look work. Um, I think some actors who wouldn't know how to move like that, how to move like a there's a specific way to walk to present like those types of clothes. Um, it could have looked awkward, maybe with another actor, but she really nailed those parts. And when she kind of came out of that glam up, and like really came into the room where everyone's head was turning. And then she kind of kept that poise throughout the rest of the movie, um, which I think may not be really believable in a real life sense, but it worked for this uh, for this movie. But yeah, really solid performance. This this kind of really, you know, got the wheels rolling for her dramatic portion of her career, which, you know, I'm grateful for because she had a lot of great roles afterwards. Uh, so I think I'm I'm going to give this uh, I'm going to give this a 10, dude, actually, because I think this is this goes along with how I imagine Anne Hathaway in her roles. Uh, I don't think she's playing something that's really outside of my perception of her, um, but I think she's utilized in probably the best extent. She's in ev- pretty much every scene in this movie, too. So this is, you know, knocks it out of the park Anne Hathaway movie. Nice job, Anne. Yeah, there's not there's not much to disagree with, I think, with you guys, except uh I'm just going to come out and say, um, I'm going to give a nine, right? So once again, she's in every scene in the movie. She does all these Anne Hathaway things. It's not really a rom-com. Um, I don't think she's known It's not for at rom- all. It's, what is, why do you think it's rom? It's just, it's just calm. It's the drom-com. No, I completely disagree with that, Denali. You're well, okay, saying so, it's so not rom, but yeah. it never classified itself as a rom. No, I'm saying it's not rom-com yeah. because it's yeah. too rom and not com. But what what part is rom? The rom? <laughs> There's two roms. She just, she has a deteriorating relationship with her boyfriend, which is not like a rom trope. And then she roms again with another guy. We already talked about is, that. Was Interstellar a sci-fi rom for you, Ryan? Because <laughs> I feel like, Kinda. The romantic, the romantic aspects seem to make a really small portion of the movie because the motivating force was the relationship between her and a courier and her and her boss, which is why yeah. I didn't think it was rom drum. It was a drum com. There's no rom. There's <laughs> no com. Be- there was there was plenty of gags in the movie. Like I thought it was like a funny movie. I mean, Anyways, there's I just don't I don't understand. It's gonna how it's lose rom. a point for not being a rom com. Oh my god. <laughs> and. <laughs> I don't like that she got back together with the guy at the end. This go, this is not this not only a movie thing because I think my vision of Anne Hathaway is strong, independent woman who don't need no man. And at the end, she takes back this guy who said all these mean things about her and didn't support her. So that that loses a point, Anne. I'm very disappointed in you. I'm looking at genres right now, and it says comedy. Oh drama. my god, drop comedy it! Drama, comedy drama, and I'm looking at Wikipedia. Comedy drama. It's com drama, but it's not a rom com. No one said it was a rom-com. That's why I'm deducting a point. <laughs> because you want it to be a rom-com? Yes, because I think of Anne Hathaway as rom-com. 
What's hard to understand? That, it's an that, Anne Hathaway that meter. Comedy, that that that, okay. that last statement yeah. makes it make a lot more sense. This okay. is the Anne okay. Hathaway meter. It's okay. not a rom com, so I'm taking a point <laughs> off. Okay, now I think I'm understanding yeah. right because. I didn't. I, maybe I just wasn't like clicking with what you're saying because you, you're, you're basically saying like Anne Hathaway is usually in rom coms, and because yeah. this wasn't, is that okay? But it's so, not a rom com. Okay, okay. So you agree though? This movie is not a romantic movie. Yeah, it's a. Okay, it's basically just a drama. No, 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 wait, no, no, no. I don't. I disagree with you. It's 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 a rom drama. Oh no. There's too much rom. I wish there was. Le- I wish there was less drama. Or wait, I wish there was less rom. There was hardly any rom. I, it's too much. But just because like an action movie has a romantic interest doesn't mean it makes a romantic action. Now we're now we're conflating it. Yeah. So that's that's okay. in my enjoyability. Okay. Right. This wasn't a rom com because <laughs> it didn't have it wasn't enough com. Yeah. But okay. you wanted it to be. Well, tell me this. For no. for for, for Anne Hathaway's purposes. Yeah. The Lake House. Yes. <laughs> Not a rom com. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> it didn't have nearly enough com. It's just a romantic movie. It's not a rom-com. Yeah, it's not a rom-com. Not enough com. But we had a whole thing in the lake house where you said it was a rom-com, and you're like, no, a I was. There's not enough. I was com. saying, I was saying, it's not a rom-com because it's enough com. What's so? What is so? What is so complicated about saying a movie isn't a rom-com? Okay, okay. I, I think I think I get what you're saying. Uh, Jace, what's your movie meter? Um, I think. <laughs> Jeez, Christ. Uh, it's also up there. This is a great movie. Um, I'm not doing a bit. I'm I, serious. I, I know we're serious. That's why I'm laughing. I'm, I'm, I understand what you're saying, but it's still confusing me. Um, <laughs> great, great movie. Uh, I, I love yeah. the character's journey. Um, Meryl Streep again killed it. She like comes into the, the entire office reacting the way that they did because she was 30 minutes early. And having to go through that whole gag where everyone prepped everything and made it look pretty. And then Meryl Streep delivered this minute-long monologue of the tasks and things that needed to be done. Which is like, uh. And it really it set the tone, one, for her character. But, like, kind of knew what Anne Hathaway was getting into when she had to interact with this really just strongly-willed character. Mm-hmm. It kept me uh, kept me involved throughout the whole movie. I thought that... You know, each one of the characters had something. There wasn't. There weren't any really throwaway characters. Um, the the one thing that I felt like it was a bit too long. I think in the third act, I was like, kind of like, oh my god, this movie is still. <gasps> I think I also want to give it a nine. I think I want to double up there. Uh, I enjoyed what again. Wow. Yeah, enjoyed watching it. Um, I thought again, most of the acting was believable. Nothing really missed besides time. I thought. Yeah. In there, I was like, "Wow, we could we could move through this, please." Mm-hmm. Nine, nine, shit. That's dude. That's pretty high. Like going into this movie, I thought this would be like because I've seen certain individual scenes just because it's it's in like the cultural zeitgeist. But like, I, I was expecting this to be like a guilty pleasure movie after I watched it. But this is just a regular pleasure movie. Like I just enjoyed this movie unironically. Um, I think it was totally effective in what it was trying to portray. Just the overall theme of um, kind of like a little bit like burnout, um, but also just someone being enveloped into their work, dealing with a toxic workplace. Um, Jason, I'm glad you brought up Meryl Streep. I feel like I haven't really talked about her yet, because but she was yeah, she so fucking it. good. I think she got 
an Oscar nom too for this role. Um, from the very first moment you see her come out of the elevator and just this one look she gives, you totally get her character just right there. Um, her delivery of every single thing where she's like, that's all like that was just it's it's so grating um but it's it's so perfect um she was just so you can just tell she had a lot of fun coloring that character in this movie was it just it was weirdly poignant like we were talking about before like i didn't expect us to have such a a serious conversation but in like a positive way about this movie usually when we have conversations like that it's pointing out a serious societal flaw and we're kind of venting about it uh but this this movie was just so well executed. All of the characters, I think, were just so great, like from Stanley Tucci and, and Emily Blunt. I think this was one of Emily Blunt's first big movies, I think, too, because um, I think she was also early on in her career. She was actually coming out of the air. Like, she, I think she was auditioning for Aragon, she said at the time, um, and then didn't get the saw audition. Saw that twice in theaters. Oh. You saw our Aragon? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Don't tell other people that. Uh, but she, that's, I'll edit that out. Don't worry, Ryan. Uh, and and she was, you know, she said she was so bummed about missing the Aragon, uh, you know, audition, and then got this role right after. And man, what a fucking trade up! Uh, and but you know, this movie wasn't completely perfect. I think there were some, you know, some lines maybe were a little cheesy. There was some pacing issues too. Maybe it didn't need to be exactly two hours long. Um, there were portions in the middle where I think it dragged slightly too long. Like the Harry Potter book quest, I think was just a little bit too long. There were little things like that. Uh, Anne Hathaway's relationships with her friends and boyfriend too just seemed kind of shallow and out of place like I didn't feel like their relationship was real I don't know if there's any out of place scenes that maybe could have colored that in more the 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 real heart of the movie was her and her boss's relationship and maybe that was intentional I I know I think this one's gonna be a solid uh I'm gonna say 8.5 for me very enjoyable really surprisingly good i think it can go higher for Anne, so i'm gonna leave a little room on top um but yeah fucking classic dude didn't expect this usually episode one we start off with a bad movie (laughs) so yeah what was what was our first matthew mcgonaghy movie uh rain of fire but that one's okay yeah we did like that movie though this is kind of a rain of fire i think of yeah yeah kind of is yeah um i think i'm gonna give it an eight I really like this movie. Uh, I didn't expect to like it so much, and that's what we just talked about. But there's a couple things that come to mind where, once again, uh, too much ROM, not enough COM. And I think from a COM drum like this, maybe also not enough drum? This is weird. It was just always like I knew everything was going to work out in the end. In a drum, I don't really want that so much. But there was too much COM. Is that your complaint? No, not enough COM. Okay, it's too much ROM. Too much ROM. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there, there, maybe my two, my two biggest nitpicks are about the ROM, where, like, where she said, uh, or when the guy freaking unconsensually kissed her at that art yeah. show, and her friend saw and r- literally ran in the opposite direction, like, it was, it would, it's the I can explain cliche, where the confusion <laughs> yeah. would have been perfectly fixed if there was a short conversation where they you know weren't jumping to giant assumptions and then uh the fact that she you know went back went crawling back to this deadbeat guy who you know doesn't give her no respect i I didn't like that i i didn't i thought it was out of character for her and it maybe it showed 
not as much progress as I would have liked, even though she made professional progress. Like, what'd she learn about relationship progress? I, I don't know what she did. Um, the outfit montages were amazing. Um, and also the montages of repetitive office life. So, Jace, mm-hmm. I wonder if you, like, thought about that at all, where uh, there's also technical garb- a garble, like jargon, where to me, since I don't know all that much about fashion, but I know, like, what Dolce & Gabbana is, but, like, uh, it sounds like nothing when they're talking to each other when they're using office speak so if someone was to listen to one of my conversations with a coworker, it would also probably sound like absolute nonsense but uh guilty and, not guilty law no justice like, <laughs> justice yeah you know what the, when you say it like that i'm really thinking that my job is extremely easy uh i'm just a fucking neanderthal uh yeah i i thought that that was really accurate with Maybe somewhat modern office life. Um, so eight. I think she can do better. I, I do agree. And it's not on her. This is about she's not making the movies. I, I didn't say that. I think she's in better movies. But I really like this movie. I'd totally recommend it to anybody, no matter the gender. Uh, it's not. Don't get too hung up on the fashion thing. If, even if you don't like fashion. Anne Hathaway didn't like fashion in this movie. So that's fine. Yeah. This movie's labeled as like a quote unquote chick flick, which is a label I, I fucking hate. Um, but oh, maybe that's what I'm looking for. Instead of r- the 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 com rom drum debacle, mm-hmm. maybe I'm thinking of chick flick. Yeah, mm. and for I me, just chick like, flick and rom coms the same thing. I mean, yes, yeah, sort of, but like I feel like guys can like or anyone else can like rom coms too. And just like I also just hate the word chick too. It's just like so fucking degrading. But like chick flick too, it just implies like this is just for girls. And, you know, that, that label attached to this movie, when you Google it, too, it's like, I think anyone could fucking like this movie. Like oh, there was yeah. yeah. There was nothing inherently, I guess, you know, maybe that's it. Like, you know, there's maybe there, we don't need gender constructs in anything, but there was nothing inherently gendered, I feel, in this, um, in like a traditional sense. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's a great fucking movie. I didn't expect to, like, want to recommend this to people. But yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, the direct, this is like, the director's first i think movie of this caliber too i did just see that yeah because he directed the I've pilot of entourage of who i think the boyfriend the was the boyfriend looks in. like a total entourage he was in entourage like okay, i think he's a why. character in there um and then he did marley and me after this which is a soul-crushing movie <laughs> and then uh he did another rom-com with meryl streep called hope springs and i think that's it like that's all he did um just like one huge monster i think that he made you guys ever see marley and me Yes. That movie like ruined my week. Because I remember I went to hang out with Jace right after he had seen it. And he was like, I'm too fucking sad to do anything. It's so sad. That's uh, for our dog season, Redux. That that might have to go on the... And Hachi, dog (laughs) dog, movies where dogs die. Oh, that's a good season. Movies where dogs die. (laughs) The the graveyard. Um, Okay. So we have a new format with the movie picking system that we discuss in State of the Podcast to kind of cut down on our our, our movie picking time because sometimes that takes a long time of us deliberating uh we have shifted the position of movie dictator to jace since he has a synopsis next week jace do you have a movie in mind i, mean, I was just looking at the imdb scores yeah. to see which one of these that i wanted to watch was the lowest um no oh, no <laughs> uh, just yeah. because i thought this movie was so good um next yeah. week we're gonna go in theme with our first season ever. We're gonna get a little bit of the Benny Boy. 
we are going to watch wow, The Last we... Thing He Wanted from 2020. What? With Ben Affleck what in the world? and Anne Hathaway. What are you talking about? Wait, I haven't even heard of they're, that. They're like, in, they a are in a movie together. It is from 2020. Willem Dafoe is in it as well. What the fuck? How have I never heard of this? Okay, wait, let me look this so, up. <laughs> oh a veteran God. DC journalist loses the thread of her own narrative when a guilt-propelled errand for her father thrusts her from byline to unwitting subject in the very story she's trying to break, adapted from Joan Didion's namesake novel. Oh, my God. It has a 5% of Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a Netflix original movie. Oh, wow. So, oh my looks God. terribly, <laughs> terribly great for us to review. terrible. Okay, sweet. Let's fucking do it. The last thing he wanted, an iconic... <laughs> Willem Dafoe, Rosie Perez, Ben Affleck. Huge oh, fucking fuck. cast, man. This is stacked. Directed by D. Rees. All right, baby, let's do it. She's she is a lead in here, like straight up. She's first yeah. build. So this dude, this is this is in the, this is <laughs> fair pick, dude. Wow, let's fucking Jace. do it. Good kudos uh, on finding these weird movies. This is I. It's rare when you see a single digit Rotten Tomatoes. Score. Yeah, I hope this movie's reviewable. If if somebody watches it and they're like, red flag, yeah. red flag, red flag, and we have to pivot, then so be it. Nineteen eighty four U.S. presidential election to care for her dying father. That sounds and boring. Then, oh yeah, and she learns about the the Iran Contra. <laughs> Jace is like, I understand. I want to give this movie it's like an a Iran one. Contra movie. It's an Iran Contra movie. Another one. It's it's a it's about Iran Contra, nineteen eighty four. With Ben, a- another Ben Affleck Iran Contra movie. Well, wait, wasn't no because Ben Affleck wasn't uh, Argo wasn't Iran Contra though because that was before Iran Contra. Okay, so another Iranian hostage movie <laughs> starring Ben Affleck. All right, guys, join us next week. For the last, was it last thing he wanted? What's <laughs> <laughs> called? Some piece of shit he found on <laughs> What the fuck is this movie called? I don't even remember. I don't Chase, even remember. I, gl- I closed all my tabs. I think it's the last thing he wanted. We'll we'll say it again in the next episode. But yeah, join us, join us next week for for that movie. You don't you don't have to watch it, or you can. It's on Netflix, guys. Uh, f- follow us on everything. Review mm-hmm. us. On everything, write us a review. Pull over your car, uh, stop walking, and then just just write it real quick and say uh, and say I I love I love GBGBs or whatever send you me want. Fanfic and send us fanfic at GBGBpodcast at gmail.com. Well, any fanfic meaning fanfics yeah. of us, fanfics of us, fanfic. that's, or the that's movies, so important. or the or the movies we have reviewed. Yeah, it can't be like a Star Wars fan. Like you know, I I yeah. fucking read those all day on my own time. So <laughs> and please anything to do with us and one that you've written. Oh yeah. Y- yeah, God, that's have some that's, integrity. Yeah. Don't just send us fanfic from the internet unless you wrote it to begin with. Anyways, is uh, as always, um, good boys gone bye bye. Um, good boys gone bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>